You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works Volume 88 by Rudolf Steiner, entitled Concerning the Astral World and Devakon, translated by James Hines. This is uh, lecture number 17.3, entitled Occult Research of History, given in Berlin on October 18, 1903. Rudolf Steiner's report in title Lucifer, November 1903, Rudolf Steiner spoke on this theme on October 18, 1903, on the occasion of the first annual meeting of the German section of the Theosophical Society. This is a very brief accounting of the contents of that lecture. End quote. And now the lecture. Quote, or titled, The Secret Doctrine was given to us by the founder of the Theosophical Society. In this book, from two directions, the foundation is created for a solution to the great riddles of existence. In a comprehensive account of how the world arose, cosmogenesis, the plan is shown according to which an arena was developed by the primal spiritual powers of the universe, the stage on which human beings are obliged to walk their earthly path. From a second volume, Anthropogenesis, we see the stages human beings have already passed through until they become members of the present-day race. It will depend upon the development of the Theosophical Society as to when it will have reached a certain stage of maturity at which time the same spiritual powers that gave us the great truths of both these initial volumes will also give us the third. The Society will receive the deeper laws for what, following only the external events, is offered by so-called world history. This third volume will be concerned with occult historical research. It will show how the history of peoples are fulfilled in the truest sense, how in the great life of humanity guilt and atonement are linked, how the leading personalities of history arrive at their missions and fulfill them. Only those who understand how the great trinity of body, soul, and spirit intervenes in the wheel of becoming can understand the evolution of humankind. Above all, we must understand how bodily existence in the widest sense is dependent upon the great cosmic forces of nature, which assume a certain form in the folk traits of the time, and how existence takes on a certain form in what is called the spirit of the age. We will understand how the material foundations arise, which are expressed in the fact that human beings represent certain types, peoples and ages, in which they find that they are equal. In this book, the character of the various types will be brightly illuminated, an aspect that cannot adequately be dealt with by mere external history. One will understand how the earth, climate, economic relationships, and so forth really influence human beings. Then the role actually played by the personal element in history will be explained. Drives, instincts, feelings, and passions come from this personal element. And these can be understood only if one understands the influence of the world 
that is called the astral or psychic soul upon the world that unfolds before our physical eyes and intellect. By means of this part of occult history, an understanding will arise for what one usually ascribes to the arbitrary will of individual personalities, peoples, and ages. Enlightenment will be cast upon world history from the astral field. As a third factor, we will discover how the entire spirit of the universe intervenes in human destiny, how the life of this entire spirit of the universe is poured into the higher self of a great leader of humanity, and in this way through channels this higher life imparts itself to all of humanity. It flows into the higher self of leading spirits, and these announce it to their brothers and sisters. The higher self of human beings evolves from incarnation to incarnation, and they always learn more and more to make their own selves into missionaries for the divine plans for the world. Through occult historical research one comes to recognize how a leader of humanity develops into the heights from which he or she can undertake a divine mission. One will understand how Buddha, Zarathustra, Christ came to their missions. The lecturer explained these generalizations through indications from several examples of how we are to think of the evolution of the great leaders of humanity through reincarnation. Part 2 is a report presumably by Richard Bresch in titled Der Vahan, November 1903. Dr. Steiner held the announced lecture at 5.30 about occult historical research, for which 40 to 50 people were present. The speaker said more or less the following. After the Theosophical Society was founded in 1875, H. P. Blavatsky began, with the help of her teacher, to work on the mighty works that we know by the title The Secret Doctrine, and in which we have been left a treasure of the deepest knowledge. This work consists of two parts, the cosmological and the anthropological. The first deals with the evolution of the universe, the second with the evolution of the human being. In the course of time, these two books will be supplemented by a third part that will be concerned with what materialistic scholarship calls history. Historical research has to be satisfied with the facts as they present themselves on the physical plane. Theosophy, on the other hand, which can go directly to the causes, finds an answer to all those questions that so often plague materialistic scholarship with no answers. When we follow the historical facts, there are three things that get our attention. Just as the human being is enveloped in a threefold system, the physical, soul, and spiritual being, so a threefold division underlies historical facts. The external actions that unfold before our senses are physical. In the soul realm, we find the center where pleasure and pain, sympathy and antipathy rule. And in the spiritual realm, we find the region where historical events originate. Here we must seek the true causes for everything that happens on earth. Here the people who guide history consult eye to eye with the great and invisible leaders of humanity. Only when we have researched the intentions that impelled them to action do we understand the often inexplicable facts of history. Thus, for example, in the 15th century we have Cardinal Nicholas of Cusa 
Cusanus, who had deep scientific insights. Long before Copernicus he had recognized and taught the double movement of the earth without being understood by his contemporaries. It was a kind of preparation for what Copernicus, born 1473, was able to impart to a more insightful generation, 16th century. Occult teachers now teach in agreement. Also H.P. Blavatsky often said this and indicated it in Volume 3 of The Secret Doctrine that Copernicus was no one other than the reincarnated Cardinal of Cusa, who brought his work to an end this way. Thus tasks are assigned and completed. A soul that is preparing something greater dies and then comes again later in order to complete its mission and bring it to an end. The speaker brought forward two additional examples in order to show how occult historical research works in this difficult area, how it connects and explains the apparently unconnected facts. With these examples he presented at the same time a picture of the expected supplementary volume of the secret doctrine. Rounds and races were the contents of the first two volumes, which have already appeared. The third part, occult historical research, will be focused on reincarnation. In conclusion, Dr. Steiner spoke at length concerning the theosophical movement. He stressed that it is, also in the occult sense, a powerful necessity. Many reasons for this could be presented, but one of them is the most important, as follows. A secret is handed out to every human race. We are in the fifth race and have arrived at the fifth secret, which cannot yet be spoken. But we are currently involved in gradually living into that secret. The Apostle Paul, who was an initiate, already pointed to it. It will be announced in the course of development of our race. A premature guessing of this secret through purely intellectual abilities would signify an unimaginable danger for humanity. Since already twice such a guess has almost taken place, and in the foreseeable future will occur again, the great leaders of humanity brought the Theosophical Society into existence. Humanity must be prepared for the great truth. Theosophy is working toward a certain point in time. A kernel of humanity is to be formed that understands this truth when it one day comes unveiled. It is to be a kernel that truly grasps the significance of this secret and uses it, not to curse, but to bless humanity. Earlier races were formed from existing suitable individuals or families. They were then led by Manu to a suitable landscape that was empty of people. With traffic and commerce extending all over the globe today, this way of proceeding is no longer viable or necessary. In its place today the education takes place through the Cosmopolitan International Theosophical Society, which forms this kernel. Postscript from the editor of the German edition. On November 14, 1903, Günther Wagner from Lugano, who had heard this lecture, wrote to Rudolf Steiner as follows, quote, It would be a kindness to me if you would like to give me special information, a hint for the riddle that every race must solve was entirely new to me. I have found nothing about this in the secret doctrine. Would you be able to name the four riddles for me that the first four races have apparently solved? I would also like to read H.P.B.'s words about this. Perhaps you could tell me the exact place in the book. 
close quote. Rudolf Steiner answered him on December 24, 1903, quote, Dear Mr. Wagner, on page 73 of the German edition of The Secret Doctrine, we read with respect to strophe 1.6, Zion, quote, Of the seven truths or revelations, only four have been handed out, since we are only in the fourth round, close quote. When you were in Berlin, I pointed out that in light of a certain occult tradition, the fourth of the above-mentioned seven truths goes back to seven esoteric root truths, and that of these seven partial truths, the fourth regarded as the whole, every race, as a rule, is given one. The fifth will be entirely revealed when the fifth race will have reached its goal of development. Now, I would like to respond to your question as well as I can. At the present time, the situation is as follows. The first four partial truths form sentences for meditation for those aspiring to the mysteries. Nothing further can be given than these symbolic sentences. For those meditating on occult paths, there is much higher content that will come from these meditative sentences. Here are the four sentences translated from the symbolic language of signs. Number one, reflect on this how a point becomes a sphere and yet remains itself. When you have grasped how an infinite sphere is yet only a point, then think again, for then the infinite will appear for you in the finite. Number two, reflect on this, how a seed becomes an ear of grain, and then think again, for then you have grasped how what is living lives in number. Number three, reflect on this, how light longs for the darkness, heat for cold, and the masculine for the feminine. Then think again, for then you will have grasped what kind of a face the great dragon will show you on the threshold. Number four, reflect on this, how one enjoys the hospitality in a stranger's house. Then think again, for then you will have grasped what awaits the person who sees the sun at midnight. Now, if the meditations are fruitful, the fifth secret will result from the first four. Allow me to say, preliminarily, only this much, that theosophy, the part of theosophy that can be found in the secret doctrine and its esotericism, is a collection of partial truths of the fifth. You will find an indication of how one can get beyond this in the letter quoted by Sinnott from Master K. H. Kuthumi who begins with the following words, quote, I have read every word, close quote. In the first German edition of title Occult World, it is found on pages 126 and 127. I can only give you the reassurance that K.H. gives on page 127, quote, when science will have learned the lesson of how impressions of leaves originally arose on stones, close quote. In this sentence lies almost the entire fifth secret hidden in an occult way. That is all I am able to tell you to begin with concerning your question. I could perhaps say more to further questions. The four sentences above are what one calls living sentences, that is, they germinate during meditation and sprouts of knowledge grow from them. The end of Lecture 17.3